daughters, sisters, and wives. They're gonna change our lives. Big women, big girls. They'll make a better world. Invest in her. Now here's your host, Catherine Gray. Welcome to the Invest in Her podcast series where we interview incredible female founders and funders. And today we have on an amazing entrepreneur, Dana Spaulding, coming to us from Colorado. Welcome, Dana. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, good to have you. Uh, you are one of the uh, seven finalists in our She Angels Pitch Fest, and we're so happy to be talking about your extraordinary idea today, which uh, it's called Wander and Ivy. And for those of you wondering what that is, it is a uh, luxury brand, organic, uh, uh, single serve wine, which yes. is such a cool idea. Um, I know you, you know, we're in the uh, food and beverage industry uh, through. Um, was it Morgan Stanley? J.P. Morgan, close enough. J.P. Morgan, but close. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, very well versed in the economy of that particular industry. Mm -hmm. um, and you must have seen a need for this. Is I did. That would happen. And, exactly. I, and I know you're also a certified sommelier. Thank you. So combine yes. those two and you're a great businesswoman. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And honestly, my, so my job at J.P. Morgan was managing wealth for entrepreneurs in the food and beverage space, as well as a couple other industries. So it was my job to get to know amazing entrepreneurs who would build up amazing food and beverage companies, sell it, come into a lot of wealth. And so we then managed the wealth for, for them and their families. And so I was constantly inspired by what they were doing and always wanted to do something in that space, but really didn't know until... The one day, like you said, I, I found a need where my husband truly said to me, you need to stop wasting wine. And all the time I would want to open up a bottle and just have a glass. He would then have a glass of beer or whiskey. And a couple of days later, I was finding myself throwing away a portion of the bottle that had spoiled. And so that was definitely for me, the realization of I need this. I think other people probably need this. And then once I started to do market research, I, I just all that I found was lower quality wines in this cheaper, lower quality packaging and nothing in the natural and organic space. So kind of all those checks for me was something, you know, that I couldn't find. And I thought it would be pretty cool to create it myself. Well, I know our She Angel investors uh, definitely love your product. They were raving to me about it. That's why you're okay. one of the finalists. And, uh, you know, I definitely identify with what you're saying. Like, I like a, a really good glass of wine. Right. And, and, and I, and I am a, a, like a one glass wine drinker as many women are. Exactly. And so I think this is like a perfect solution. It's kind of one of those things where you go, wow, this doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and doesn't everything come from need yeah. or want? Yeah, exactly. And you know, yeah. it was interesting. I, there were, there are a lot of cans. There's a, there was this explosion of alternative packaging, smaller convenient portion sizes, but for me, all of them felt way more suited for outdoor venues. And, you know, in those situations, cans and plastics and bags, and boxes, they can be great, but so many more people, obviously, particularly in 2020, which I know we'll talk more about how we've been impacted by COVID, but this year more than ever before, 
people are wanting to have that great glass of wine at home and aren't necessarily wanting it to be out of a plastic or a can and wanting to still have that experience. Totally. Uh, I mean, I'm one of those people and I don't even fall into your demo. Like I know you're targeting female millennials, but I really think my over 40, I'll just say, uh, over 40 group, uh, you know, we want that too. We want a sophisticated glass of wine, but and I love it just, yeah, it makes perfect sense that you don't want to open a whole bottle of wine and you don't want to waste it. Um, and, but you also don't want some cheap brand that's like in a, like you said, in a cardboard packaging, that's not very cool. I mean, if I'm right. going to have a glass of wine, I want it to have a sophisticated experience. And I love that yours is also organic. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So something, honestly, when I, when I realized, you know, I was going to make the leap away from wealth management, I needed, if I was going to do it, there needed to be enough differentiations that made us stand out. And so a lot of it, the packaging, and by the way, this is what it looks like. Yeah, cool. <laughs> so the packaging is very unique. Um, we wanted it to be more premium, but to your point, we also really wanted it to be organic ingredients. And I, I wasn't really familiar until I got my sommelier certifications and kind of dug into the industry that there are actually no regulatory requirements for there to be any ingredients on any wine. And so as a consumer, I think a lot of us, me included initially, just think, well, it's just grapes. There's nothing harmful in there. But I just, I started more and more learning about the negative things that can be put in because there's no regulatory requirement for people to say what's inside. For the most part, customers don't know. Wow. Now there's regulatory, um, you know, staples for made with organic grapes. So you know that when you're drinking this, it has no herbicides, pesticides, or other artificial chemicals that really do filter down into the wine in the same way that they do for any food. So I just learned that if I'm trying to eat a little bit more organic and, you know, shop that aisle at Whole Foods, I should probably pay more attention to it on the wine side. And I think there's more and more people that are becoming aware of that in the wine industry and wanting to put that in their bodies. And so my hope is that we were kind of on the early wave of people getting more educated and wanting a glass that didn't necessarily have pesticides dumped in them. You definitely are on the leading edge with this. And I would think that there's people out there saying, wow, I'd like to invest in that. I mean, you know, who doesn't want to be on the ground floor of something game changing like this Thank and you. where there's such a demand and the organic aspect is really important. You know, I have a lot of friends that actually get headaches from wine and I've read up on that and it, it sounds like it's because it's not organic and the organic wine tends to not have that same effect on people uh, most of the time. And I, a lot. I think yeah, and so that is a really important aspect. So not just the packaging, not just the single serve size, but the quality of it. Right, um, yeah. exactly. And, and you know, um, there's a lot of different reasons. I think with every, everyone, it's different in terms of how it impacts them, but there definitely is research that shows the more additive, the more chemicals that is mixed with any alcohol, that's likely to lead to a negative effect the next day. Again, there's, I, I, I personally think there's a ton more research that'll be exciting to see for this, but there's already clear research that the more chemicals and additives you have, less likely, or the more likely rather, you're gonna get a headache the next day and, and not feel great. And so if you just want one great glass, have one that's clean, no, nothing dumped inside, and it really is just the way the winemaker, you know, intended it to be from the grapes, from nature, and not, you know, negatively affecting you the next day. Absolutely. All good points. And um, 
now do you make this in napa or where is it or what what yeah great question so yeah. we actually each of our wines we have four varietals and they're each sourced from a different family-owned vineyard around the world so what i really wanted to do was to source from well-known regions and grapes that were really well known in that region so for example we started with a sauvignon blanc from new zealand something that's so popular and they're, they're really great at it there. Um, and we did that across regions or across the world. So we initially sourced from New Zealand and now we source from Spain, France, we've sourced from Italy as well as California and Oregon. So we've really, I've tried to make it a global brand and then we source all of that and produce in Napa. So we get fully finished wine from all of our family owned partners. We take that to Napa and then from there we bottle label and package into our pretty little six ounce bottles. Cool. Now, um, where, where do you, where can somebody find out about this? So it's wander and ivy.com. Yes, exactly. And so, um, they spell out the and cause I know it's wander plus Ivy. Thank you for asking. Yes. We spell out and for wander and ivy.com and our website, if you click where to buy, it shows the three different options that folks have. You can find a store near you where, um, we're in, Colorado, which is where I'm based now. We're in Colorado, California, Texas, and New York in terms of in-store locations. I'm mm -hmm. hoping to expand that. But online, we ship to about just about 40 states. And so you can go on, and the other option is send right to your door. So just like any other direct-to-consumer business, you can select um, one of our varietals, ship it. We ship in eight, 12, or 24 packs, and we ship to your door. And then the last way of you know, how can I buy is also joining our wine club where you get a big discount and we send a quarterly case to you. What about, uh, do you think the future is I could, uh, you know, ask for it at a restaurant? Yeah. So that's such a great question. Um, that's evolved a little bit this year. Initially restaurants weren't a huge focus for us because we thought, you know, if a restaurant, especially a restaurant that's going through a lot of wine, they don't necessarily need single serve, but if a restaurant where we were considering initially was if, if they are more of a fast casual and folks are just looking to have a quick meal in a glass versus a dining sit down experience, we thought that could be a great opportunity for us. And we, and we actually are in locations like that. But this year, what's been interesting is that um, pickup and curb, curbside pickup from restaurants has been a brand new thing for almost everyone who previously didn't have it. And, you know, there were weeks, even months when restaurants were putting their wine in, you know, styrofoam cups or plastics and giving it to people as they picked up their food. And so we did a pitch with our distributors that we work with to say, you know, hey, I think this is an opportunity, especially the more mid to high tier um, restaurants, which are looking for that experience they don't probably want to put them in plas a glass in a plastic cup or a styrofoam. What about just giving a, you know, $6.99 one of these for them to walk out with? It's a much better experience. So that's actually been a really interesting evolution for us. And I will also say the hotel space in terms of on-premise um, has been, I think it will be an interesting opportunity. It's been paused, I would say, probably this year with what's going on and, and less travel. But with the hotel space, there's so much innovation in the minibar. People are trying to figure out, I need to, there's no, people are no longer wanting these overpriced full bottles and a pack of Doritos. You know, it's, we have, they're looking to put natural and organic foods and also put some wines that people will actually open up. Doesn't feel like they're getting ripped off and they probably don't need a full bottle, especially those business travelers. So you're so that's, finding that's a cool opportunity. 
so you're finding COVID actually has been, had some silver linings for you. For sure. I mean, I would say our online business surged in a way that um, we never really, I mean, we just launched, we're still a pretty young company. We launched in 2018 overall. We only launched our direct to consumer online business uh, December of last year. So it is really young. And we saw, I'm so proud to say, dub, we, every month since the beginning of the year, we doubled or tripled month over month sales. And I, in my opinion, it was, it was for a couple of reasons, but COVID really was a positive where a lot of people were no longer going to bars. They were no longer necessarily even going to liquor stores after the surge at the beginning and they were ordering online. And so that really helped us. And, um, you know, obviously we've been, been impacted in, in some negative ways as well, but I think there's, there's some really fun, cool silver linings to how we can deliver a product that people want to their door. Yeah. And you know, uh, a lot of people are um, also going to hotels, even though they're not traveling as much, they're going mm -hmm. to hotels like we just did, um, not far from where you live, like you're driving to it, maybe yep. two, two to four hours. And yep. so I could definitely see it being a huge market for it in the hotel rooms. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, we've got We have a couple of great hotel partners here um, and we're talking with a couple in other regions, which is great. I think um, scaling on a national level with any chain like that could be really exciting. Oh, um, that'd be huge. So, that'd be a home run. Right, exactly. And there were there. I think they were certainly, you know, there were a lot of furloughs. There were a lot of negative um impacts to the hotel industry. So I think there's been some pauses from a buying standpoint, but I feel like once that starts to pick up, like you said, my husband and I did the same, you know, fun near travel, not going too far, not necessarily getting on an airplane, but doing a little staycation at a hotel. I think a lot more people are doing that. It seems to be picking up, which I'm hopeful is another opportunity for us. Right, right. You know, a lot of people might not know that uh, as most industries, uh, there's very few women that run uh, companies or found companies in the spirits uh, arena. Um, yeah. I've had some on the show that have been in in that niche and have learned from that experience that there's very few of you in that. And, but it's becoming um, more and more popular and certainly you're a trailblazer in that arena. Um, have you found it difficult to get funding for this? Like, can you share with us some of your previous experience and how you're doing with getting uh, investors? For sure. So, um, I'm very proud to say to date, we've raised about 1.6 million, which is- Wow, that's been, impressive. Thank you. It's been something I'm so proud of. And, and I, I will say, I, my current investors are phenomenal. I feel very lucky. But I think for what I have found with investing or raising any type of capital is when your product isn't necessarily geared towards the people in the room, it becomes a lot harder of a conversation. And I think that's, you know, in any room, um, so a product that is, you know, I love to, I love that men have our wine, but in general, we gear it to females and specifically millennials. And so it's tough when the room looks nothing like your target demographic and really doesn't understand the need whatsoever. And so, um, I have been in many, many rooms where every single person is male and there, you know, you have the comments of, I just don't understand this need. I don't see it at all. They maybe say, oh, sometimes that happens with my wife, so maybe I get it. Um, but that for me, I think, is a challenging hurdle to get over as you, you know, realize pretty quickly they don't get it. So you just have more to prove, which is okay. You know, I think it's a lot of different industries. So you have to come with a lot more data. You have to come with a lot more proof of 
why this is a need and how I'm going to fill it, I think. I'm so glad that you brought this up. It is the very reason that we're doing our She Angels uh, projects mm -hmm. from the Pitch Fest to the TV series to this program, Invest in Her. This is to educate people on the fact that most of the decision makers in the funding arena are men. Mm -hmm. And if you don't identify with the product or service, you're not going to invest in it. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need more female funders. We yeah. have lots of female founders, but they need funding. And with us getting less than 15% of the funding right now, and us wanting to use this as a platform to change that, mm -hmm. uh, we want our women listeners to understand that they need to become angel investors and that there's plenty of groups out there for them to belong to, like exactly. uh, OSEA, Mm -hmm. OC in um, Orange County, Zandra's yeah. uh, group, Zandra Laskowski, and um, who's a big fan of yours, oh. and also um, Golden Seeds and, yeah. and other ones around the country uh, yeah. that you've talked to, because it does make a difference if you're sitting across from somebody who relates yeah. to you and your product. It just does. Like you just, you hit the nail on the head. And so... We need more female founders. And there's women that are out there and they're very generous with philanthropy and whatnot, but they need to understand that as important as that is, it's also important to invest in other women entrepreneurs. And how exciting to be a part of something like what you're doing. They have that opportunity, not only to make money in an investment, but uh, to get behind a woman and leave a legacy of doing something that's game changing, you know? So- I agree uh, with everything you said cool opportunity and yeah, sure. um, you know I, I always say there's book clubs but uh, why not belong to an investment club it's really exciting you get to hear all these new ideas and inventions that uh, women true. have absolutely and, and, and honestly yeah. I say it all the time my, my husband has heard me say this so many times I hope that this can be successful and then I come into you know that threshold where I can do that for other people because I've seen how hard yes. it is to raise. And again, I'm so proud. I have amazing investors behind me, but it definitely is a longer sell cycle when you don't have a room of people who get the product. And it just takes a lot longer to get those checks actually written. And I love, I mean, gosh, that, that's a dream of mine to be able to invest back in women after hopefully being successful here. Well, you know, you are an inspiration because look here, you've raised 1.6 million when you start it. You probably never dreamed you could do that. I mean, that's no. what most women would think when they have an invention or idea, mm -hmm. but you are proof that it can be done. Are you looking for more funding? We are. I will say, you know, it's, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's almost, you're always fundraising. So it was about 30 days after the close, we closed our last one in July. And so um, then I started gearing up. And, and the reason is fortunately, we've seen a lot of success. We've sold out of a lot of inventory faster than we thought. And we're pretty capital intensive in that we produce big volumes at a time in a, in a bottling production in Napa, as I shared. And so we really need that upfront capital to be able to do it. And now I'm super excited. We have some opportunities. We just um, are about to launch with Walmart in California and we have some other national chain opportunities. And so as you can imagine from a um, inventory standpoint, we really do need to ramp up. And so I'm planning our next raise for early next year. It's kind of already starting those conversations looking it'll, my goal would be about a two to $3 million raise 
early next year with, with a big goal. We have a small lean team. I'd kind of like to keep it that way. I'd like to build a little bit there, but a lot of it is just building inventory so that we can be able to go to these large chains to say we can truly fulfill. We have the inventory, we have the capital, we have the marketing dollars to be able to really do that because right now we're a little limited. To give you as an example, we got huge orders from our distributors in July. So we actually for all of our online sales, we had, we had almost entirely pull back our um, any marketing dollars because we didn't have the inventory. And so what I'd like to do is be able That's to be a problem great to problem to have, yeah. but it's still a problem. It's and so, problem. so we're trying to ramp up and, you know, to the point on data and showing why we deserve it and really why it's a great investment is being able to show you know, essentially we have already almost homes for these bottles for the next production is that, you know, we can deliver um, and to be able to go to these chains and say we can fulfill from an inventory standpoint. So that's our hope. Um, you know, I think I, our goal is to be profitable as soon really by the end of next year or early the following year with this next round of capital. And so it's exciting, you know, but still it's, it's a capital intensive company. So I think we're going to be able to need, need to raise a little bit more. Well, I have no doubt that you will do it. Um, I was reading that you were top of your class at Fordham University <laughs> and uh, you certainly have a great background uh, in, in economics and, um, and, and a sommelier. So you've got all the perfect, you know, combination to be a successful businesswoman. The, uh, obviously the tenacity and the vision and, um, as most of the investor women that I've spoken to in our She Angels group, you know, they always say it, it really is about the founder. They, they say they can interview somebody and know immediately if they're going to be successful or not. And you really, you, you really check off all the boxes. Thank you. That's, that's yeah. very kind of you to say. And I, I will say going through this, I think so much, uh, when I say this, just founding and running a company, so much of it is, mental toughness, I think. It's obviously all the hopeful boxes that you just said, and that's very flattering. Thank you for saying is that- well, you, have to, you have to yeah. so believe in your vision and yeah. see it so clearly that even before it happens, you already see it. And that's obvious. You can already see where you're taking this. Boy, what an opportunity for somebody to uh, get in on the ground floor with you. And um, just an amazing product. I, I can't wait to try it. I can't wait to send you some. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. We'll be getting some. <laughs> uh, that sounds great. I'm in. I'm great. in. Um, so uh, if they want to find out more about you, Dana, uh, you have social media as well. We do. We have, so we're on um, Instagram is our, obviously our largest platform via social media. And so um, we're there. All of my contact information is there. Uh, it's always it's just Dana at wanderandivy.com, anyone who's ever interested. Um, but yes, we, we try to be really active and engaging via social media. It's something we're focused on. Wonderful. Well, we hope people will share this interview with their friends and investor friends and family. Um, of course, we are on all the uh, podcast avenues uh, from uh, Apple to Spotify, iHeart and the others. Uh, and people can find us at She Angels on all of the social media handles as well. So we hope that they'll visit you uh, and visit us and uh, share this interview with their friends. And uh, just so wonderful to meet you. I wish you all the luck. Thank and uh, as far as our uh, listeners, remember to invest in her. All right. Make it a great week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much. 
Our theme music was created and produced by Lindsay Tomasic.